tonight, I'm going to paint you a picture. Not with paint, but with the Word of God. Amen. I'm going to pre uh, preach today, tonight on a portrait of the blood. When I was in school, I, I didn't take an art class specifically, but we did do some coloring and so forth. And I remember one time the teacher come by. She looked at my work and she said, Danny, are you planning on being an art student? I said, no. She said, well, that's good. But I don't think you'd pass the test. But you know, I don't have to pass a test on this. The Bible tells us exactly what we need to know about the blood of Jesus Christ. Turn as we start, if you will, to Leviticus chapter 17 and verse number 11. They've got it on the wall up there already. They're way ahead of me. Leviticus chapter 17 and verse number 11. The Bible says there, For the life of the flesh is in the blood, and I have given it to you upon the altar to make an atonement for your souls. Get this now, for it is the blood that maketh an atonement for the soul. I remember preaching one time in a revival a number of years ago, and I preached on the blood of Jesus Christ. And after the revival service, a lady came by the front of the church there, and we were shaking hands. As a lot of times you do at revivals, pastor drags you back there and you shake hands. And this lady looked at me. She said, I didn't care for the message today at all. I said, you didn't? She said, no, I don't believe in that slaughterhouse religion. I said, well, ma'am, let me tell you something. It's that so-called slaughterhouse religion you're talking about is going to keep you out of hell. And if you don't understand that and accept that, you're going to find out something real quick when you close your eyes on death. It's the blood of Jesus Christ. I'm going to bring you a lot of verses tonight. You may want to write them down. But if you don't write them down, at least listen, okay? Let's go to God in prayer. Heavenly Father, we're thankful tonight for the opportunity and the privilege of being in church here at Liberty Faith Church. We're thankful, God, for the pastor, for his wife, and for the church family. That means a great deal to me. I pray, God, that you would touch them tonight and touch those who are listening online with the Word of God this evening. I pray if somebody not saved that's listening to this message tonight, that they'd bow their head and more than that, humble their hearts to you and ask you to save them before it's eternally too late. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. The blood of Jesus pumps through the body of Christ, keeping Christianity alive. Blood flows through the Bible just as it does through our veins. You cut the Bible anywhere and it will bleed the red blood of Jesus Christ. The blood is spoken of in the gospel 427 times in our Bible. That means it's not a minor theme. It's a major theme of the Word of God. Without the blood, the gospel is dead and we are deprived of eternal life. Jesus said in Matthew 26 and verse number 28, For this is my blood of the New Testament, which is shed for many for the remission of sins. I want you to notice that. This is the, my blood of the New Testament, which is shed for many for the remission of sin. Now, as I look at that passage of Scripture, I, I think about what Paul added in Hebrews 9 and verse number 22. The Bible says there, and, and almost all things are by the law purged with blood, and without shedding of blood is no remission. And then he, uh, he wasn't done there. Paul also added in Hebrews 9 and verse number, uh, 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 Colossians, I'm sorry, verse number 1, verse, uh, verse number 14, Colossians 1, 14, says, We have redemption through the blood, even the forgiveness of sins. And then Peter added in 1 Peter 1 and verse 18, he said, We are not redeemed with silver and gold and precious stones, but with the precious blood of Christ. Then John agreed with Peter and Paul, and John wrote in 1 John 1, 7, the blood of Jesus Christ cleanses us 
from all sin. The early church understood the blood. The 22 sermons recorded by the four preachers in the book of Acts give the same message, the death, the burial, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. They understood that at his death and the provision of covering by the blood was essential ingredient of the gospel of God. When God looks at me, I'm giving an illustration. Now, when God looks at me, his gaze always passes through rose-colored glasses every time he looks at my heart. The reason is he sees me through the blood. Amen. I hope tonight as we go through this scripture and other scriptures that I'm going to bring to you that you can see the portrait of the blood of Jesus Christ. The Bible paints in broad strokes the blood on the canvas. And then in minute detail, God's word breaks it down to the cellular level, the importance of the blood of Christ. We can see this tonight, but even more important is that God sees the blood applied to our lives and passes over us. Let's put the blood of Christ under the microscope tonight, do some forensic study, and then we'll get the complete picture, a portrait of the blood. Number one, we're going to analyze that the blood is perfect. We just celebrated Christmas, which is celebrating the virgin birth of Christ. The virgin birth of Christ established his righteousness. In Matthew 27, 4, Judas cried out this. He said, I have betrayed innocent blood. And then Paul explained in 2 Corinthians 5, 21, for he, God, hath made him Jesus to be sin for us who knew no sin that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. And then in John chapter 18, verse 38, I'm going to give you a lot of scripture tonight now. Pilate said this, he said, I find no fault at all in him. Jesus said, himself said in John 8, 46, which of you convinceth me of sin? Otherwise, which one of you has the uh, goods against me that you can prove uh, that I've committed sin? He was spoken of in Hebrews 7, 26, as being holy and harmless and undefiled, separate from sinners. And again, in 1 Peter 2, 22, the Bible said, who did no sin, neither was guile found in his mouth. And then John added in 1 John 3, 5, in him is no sin. You see, a natural father would have imparted the sin nature of Adam to Christ and his death would not have been his death would not have provided the redemption that you and I needed the virgin birth is absolutely essential to the salvation of our souls the bible clearly teaches that Jesus was born of a virgin and did not have original sin uh, Matthew quotes Isaiah the prophet in Matthew 1:23 behold a virgin shall be with child and shall bring forth a son they shall call his name Emmanuel which being interpreted is God with us Jeremiah the prophet has spoken years before this. In Jeremiah 31, 22, 22, he said, The Lord hath created a new thing upon the earth. A woman shall compass a man. It certainly was a new thing for a woman without a man to give birth to a child. The idemic nature is passed to the offspring by the bloodline of the man. There were no impurities in the blood of Jesus Christ. Everything about Christ was perfect, including his blood. I thank God. For the perfect blood of his son tonight that he shed upon the cross that he was able to forgive me of my sin. So in analysis, the blood was perfect. In application, the Bible says the blood is pure. One of the reasons we do not use wine in the communion service is that it has been tainted through a process of fermentation. Fermentation. Uh, the process of fermentation is actually bacteria working in the juice. It's a rotting process. It is a picture of sin. 
This could never give a proper picture of the sinless blood of Christ. For all that is holy, Satan has his counterfeit, and communion is no exception. Pure grape juice is the true symbol of the pure blood of the Lord Jesus, just as bread is to be without leaven. Cancer patients sometimes go through a treatment called chelation. Maybe some of you have gone through that. It's similar to dialysis in that the blood is removed from the body. It's sent through a machine that cleanses the impurities from it and then pumps the blood back into the body. Many times it helps to prolong, to prolong the life of the individual. After blood has been purged of germ, disease, and bad cells, it is then able to work against the enemy cells that war against you. The writer of Hebrews said in Hebrews 9, verse 13 and 14, for if the blood of bulls and of goats and the ashes of a heifer sprinkling the unclean sanctified to the purifying of the flesh, how much more shall the blood of Christ, who through the eternal spirit offered himself without spot to God, pure your conscience from dead works to serve the living God. As I began to think about that, I thought, boy, when the pure blood of the Savior is applied to the sinner, it provides cleansing. Thank God for the cleansing power of the blood of Christ. John said in 1 John 1, 7, the blood of Jesus Christ, His Son, cleanses us from all sin. The word cleanses there is a continual process. Now you can take a bath or a shower and you're clean, but you don't just stay under there. The Bible says that the blood of Jesus Christ continues to clean us. We have the one-time salvation, but there are times we need cleaning again and again and again and again and again because we live in a sin-cursed world. We have soldiers, uh, shoulders with sin-cursed people, and, and we and I are just sinners saved by the grace of God. The song says, what can wash away my sin? Nothing but the baptism. Is that what it says? I don't think so. I think it said nothing but the blood of Jesus. What can make me whole again? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. Once again, oh, precious is the flow that makes me white as snow. No other fount I know. Nothing but the blood of Jesus. Peter wrote in 1 Peter 1 and verse 18 and 19. For as much as you know that you were not redeemed with corruptible things, but with the precious blood of Christ as of a lamb without blemish and without spot. And because it is pure, it is purifying. Number three, in action, the blood is perpetual. The animal sacrifice of the Old Testament were continuous year after year. The blood of bulls and the blood of goats provided forgiveness and pardon temporarily only because it pointed to the sacrifice of Christ and His blood being shed for the covering of our sin. Hebrews 7, 27, the writer of Hebrews speaks about this. He said, Who needeth not daily as those high priests to offer up sacrifice, first for his own sins, and then for the people. For this he did once when he offered up himself. And Paul says this in Hebrews 9 and verse 12, Neither by the blood of goats and calves, but by his own blood he entered into once into the holy place, having obtained eternal redemption for us. I like that word once in that scripture. He's not returning again and again and again and again. He went there one time. He'll not go back. One time was enough to pay for our, our sins. And then again, uh, Paul said in Hebrews 9, 26, But now once in the end of the world hath he appeared to put away sin by the sacrifice of himself. The Bible states in Hebrews 10 and verse 12, But this man, after he had offered one sacrifice for sins forever, you can underline that word forever, sat down at the right hand of God. That's Hebrews 10 and verse 12. The death of Christ set into motion a continuous cleansing for those who trust in Him. We are given eternal life. That's a gift from God that He purchased with His blood. Thank God we're washed once and for all and we're washed forever. The Bible speaks of the blood of the everlasting covenant. Hebrews 13 and verse 20. 
As I looked at this verse this week, I thought, boy, I'm so thankful for this verse. Now the God of peace that brought again from the dead our Lord Jesus, that great shepherd of the sheep, through the blood of the everlasting covenant. How long is everlasting? No end. Everlasting is just like eternal. Everlasting covenant. He made a covenant and he will keep that covenant till the very end. Our faith in his blood is all it takes to settle it forever and forever. Number four, in accomplishment, the blood is powerful. The songwriter wrote, would you be free from the burden of sin? There's power in the blood. There's power in the blood. Would your evil of victory win? There's wonderful power in the blood. There's power, power, wonder-working power in the blood of the Lamb. There's power, power, wonder-working power in the precious blood of the Lamb. John wrote in Revelation 5 and verse 9, Thou hast redeemed us to God by thy blood. It takes amazing power to do that. It takes amazing power for that red blood to wash those black sins and we come out as white as snow. I don't understand it. I don't try to understand it. I, I just believe in it. I have faith in it. And I trust in it. And I'm thankful for it. And one day I'm going to look and see Jesus face to face and meet him face to face. And what a day that will be when my Jesus, I shall see him. I'll look upon his face, the one that saved me by his grace. Then he'll take me by the hand and lead me through the promised land. What a day, glorious day that will be. Oh, what a day that will be. I'll be able to see Myra once again. I thank God that he's given me another good wife, Brother Edge. I tell you, we have a good time together. We tease each other. We have a good time together. But you know, I'll be able to see my mother. My father will be there. Your dad's going to be there. I've got other family members that's there. Myra will be there. And I'll be able to see all of them. But most of all, I'm going to see Jesus Christ, the one that gave his life upon Calvary's tree to, so I could have the forgiveness of sins that only he could provide. False religion has always denied the blood and the power. The Bible says in Revelation 12 and verse 11, we are told that they overcome the wicked one, Satan, by the blood of the Lamb. It takes a lot of power to do that. Mary Baker Eddy of the Christian Science Movement wrote this. You talk about blasphemy. The material blood of Jesus no more effective to cleanse from sin when it was shed upon the cursed tree than when it was flowing through his veins. R.B. Thyme, a Bible teacher in Texas, declared this. The red liquid that ran through the veins and arteries of Jesus' moral body is not related to our salvation. Talk about a heretic. Let me tell you, I hope they find the Lord. I hope they get saved before they die. They're going to find hell is hot, hot, hot. Hot, you're gonna find hell is fire, 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 fire. And let me tell you something if you don't think hell is real, you need to get in the Word of God, you need to study it. If you don't think it takes the blood of Jesus Christ, you go from the first time you see a blood sacrifice all the way through to when Jesus died upon the cross, and you can come to no other conclusion but it's the precious blood of Jesus Christ. Of course, these teachers, many like them, stand in complete opposition to the Bible that declared in Hebrews 9.22, without the shedding of blood, there's no remission. So in acquittal, the blood is permanent. Woman in, went into a photography studio one day. She wanted to get a picture taken uh, for her husband for the anniversary. And she told the photographer, she said, now listen, I want you to do me justice. <laughs> photographer looked at her and said, ma'am, you don't need justice. What you need is mercy. <laughs> I don't want justice when I stand before God. I want mercy. Look in your Bible how many times mercy is found there. Mercy and merciful and the words such as that. 
Acquit is a heavy word. It means to pay off, to free, to clear, or to absolve. When I got saved by the pastor, God acquitted me of my sin. Just like it never happened. He acquitted me. He paid it all. He didn't pay part of it, 50%. He paid 100% of it. He freed me and cleared me and absolved me from any and all of my sin. It has a far-reaching meaning extending from the past all the way into the future. Let me give you an example. O.J. Simpson was acquitted of murder. Did you know that if he confesses to that today, that murder today, they cannot touch him according to the law? If he has every camera, TV camera in the world on him, and he stands there and says, I lied. I did it. I'm a murderer. They can't touch him because he was acquitted. That'd be double jeopardy. So they can't touch him. You say, well, I don't believe justice was done. Well, I don't either. But you and I are guilty. Amen. And we know that we're guilty of sin. I don't want justice. I want mercy. I want mercy. And we need it to be permanent. Sins forgiven and sins forgotten. The Bible says His mercies are new every morning. When you get up in the morning and you roll out of bed, thank that God that we, He's merciful again tomorrow as He was today. Praise God for that. Not only our past sin was covered, but also our present and future sins are put under the blood when we trust in Christ as Savior. Isaiah said in Isaiah 44, 22, he says there, I have blotted out as a thick cloud thy transgressions and as a cloud thy sins return unto me for I have redeemed thee. David spoke in Psalms 103 and verse 12. He stated this, as far as the east is from the west, so far hath he removed our transgressions from us. How far is that? Amen. <laughs> I'll let you answer that, all right? How far is that? And then he promised not to remember them against us anymore, forever, the Bible says. So Jesus' blood covers our present sins, both the sins of omission and the sins of commission, things, whether it be things we ought to be doing and are not doing, or whether it be things we are doing we ought not to be doing. These are fully covered by his blood atonement. Jesus' blood continues to atone for future sins. Now, what do we need to do when we sin in the future? Well, we need to confess it, don't we? First John 1 John 1.9 says, If we confess our sin, He's faithful and just to forgive us of our sin and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And we know that despite our very best efforts, we are sinners and we will sin again, but we don't have to be saved again. Amen. You're saved one time. That's right. One time, forever and forever. Amen. Praise God for that. As we continue to walk through life, we'll need daily foot washing. But praise God that one time all over bath secures us from all sin, past, present, and future as well. 1 John 1, 7 says, The blood of Jesus Christ cleanses us from all sin. So Jesus' blood conquers all sin. In appraisal, the blood is precious. I love that old song, Oh, precious is the flow that makes me white as snow. No other fount I know. Nothing but the blood of Jesus. Nothing but the blood of Jesus. Peter used that term precious to describe the blood of Christ in 1 Peter 1 and verse 19. He said, but with the precious blood of Christ as of a lamb without blemish and without spot. There was a wealthy old man that uh, him and his son used to go from country to country buying old paintings and paintings of Van Gogh and Monet and so forth. And his only son showed 
the father's interest in those rare paintings. They traveled around the world buying these paintings. One day, the son decided to enlist in the army. He was placed in the medical corps. And one time out on the battlefield, it was a severe battle. He was carrying a wounded soldier to safety. The son was seriously wounded himself and also died. Now, the mother was dead already, and the news of the tragedy devastated the old man. He grieved in loneliness for months. One day, he heard a knock at the door. He went to the door. There was another young man there, and he found a young man with a package. The young man explained he was one of the several soldiers that the son had carried to safety. And he said, we had talked before. This man told it that him and his son had talked before of his interest in painting. So he painted a picture of the old man's son and presented it to the father. The father went to the fireplace mantel, took down a very famous picture, laid it to the side, took the picture of that only son and hung it up on the fireplace mantel. And every day he would sit in the rocking chair and rock and he would look at that picture. A likable resemblance to his son. One day, of course, the old man died and and once he died, uh, he put the art, had, our collection was put up for sale for auction. Hundreds of people came to bid on some of those paintings. The auctioneer announced that the, the picture of his son was the first to be auctioned. Well, they, they, didn't like, they didn't like that. They began to boo the auctioneer and all this and that. But finally, he got him settled down and he began to auction off the picture of the son. He said, anybody give me $100? There wasn't a bid anywhere. He said, what about 75? Not a noise in the, in, the, in the sale. How about 50? How about 25? Finally, an old man in the back said, I'll give you $10 to start it. Auctioneer said, sold. People thought, what's going on here? And the auctioneer said, after he said sold, he said, ladies and gentlemen, this concludes the sale here today. He said, the instructions in the will said that whoever bought the picture of the sun, the painting of the sun, got all the other portraits for nothing. That guy was startled. I mean, he came in there just to pour Job Turkey and went out a millionaire because of the paintings that he had. When a person takes the son of God, everything God has is included. I want you to think about this. We become heirs of God and joint heirs with Jesus Christ, the Bible says. The precious blood has made it all possible. In aggression, the blood is protective. In Exodus chapter 12, the blood was sprinkled on the doorpost of the Jewish homes, just as the Lord had instructed them. When the death angel came on that night with the awful judgment of death to the firstborn, the Jews were protected by the blood. It was actually their faith in the word of the Lord that had been given to Moses. And they believed it enough to act upon it. By following the direction just as the Lord instructed, they reaped a great benefit. Exodus chapter 12, verse 13 says this here. It says, And the blood shall be to you for a token upon the houses where you are. And when I see the blood, I will pass over you. And the plague shall not be upon you to destroy you when I smite the land of Egypt. I think about this often when I read this passage of Scripture there in the book of Exodus chapter 12. I see some little boy about eight or nine years old. He knows what's going on. He's been taught. And he says, Daddy, is this blood going to be enough to take care of us? And the father says, Son, it'll be enough. 
it'll be enough. God said, when I see the blood, I'll pass over you. But Daddy, I'm, I'm the only child. And I don't want to die. He said, son, don't you worry about it. God's got this. God's got this. It was actually their faith that brought protection. And we still speak of being under the blood, even today. Is your sins under the blood? I'll just ask you that. Is your sins under the blood? If they're not, I wouldn't leave this church house tonight until I knew for a fact that my sins were under the blood of Jesus Christ. The judgment will not fall on those who placed their faith in Christ and accepted Him as personal Savior. But if you've not gotten under the protection of the blood of Jesus Christ, I beg you to do so now before the death angel comes to your house. In Matthew 26, 26 through 30, I want to read that and then I'll try to close. The Bible says, And as they were eating, Jesus took bread and blessed it and broke it and gave it to the disciples and said, Take, eat, this is my body. When we have communion, the pastor reads this very passage of Scripture. And he took the cup and gave thanks and gave it to them, saying, Drink ye all of it. For this is my blood of the New Testament, which is shed for many for the remission of sins. But I say unto you, I will not drink henceforth of this fruit of the vine till the day when I drink it new with you in my Father's kingdom. And when they had sung a hymn, they went out into the Mount of Olives. Did you get the picture tonight, the portrait of the blood of Jesus Christ? Can you see Christ's blood? More than that, can God see Christ's blood on you? That's what he's looking for. He's looking for the blood of his son upon us. If not, all he sees is your sin. Make sure you're covered. You say, how do we do that, Danny? Well, I already said one application will do. The pastor touched on it this morning. It's called repentance. Repentance is changing direction and going the other way. When I realized that I was lost in my sins about 11 years of age, I was sitting about two-thirds of the way back, back in there. And I got up and I went to the altar. And I told God, God, I'm sorry for my sins. I knew I was a sinner. I was laying awake at night, Brother Ridge, fighting the flames of hell. I'd go into a fitful sleep and all of a sudden I'd wake up thinking I was in hell. I'm talking about 11 years of age. And I went to the church one Sunday night. And mom was very faithful in taking us kids to church. And we went to church and Brother Smith preached the message. And I remember the Holy Spirit of God gripping my heart. I said, Danny, you better make a move and you better do it tonight. I got up and made my way to the altar. I don't have a clue what I said. Whatever it was, was enough that God got the message. Amen. And he reached down and he picked me up of the miry clay and set my little 11-year-old feet on a solid rock. Amen. Now, I haven't lived perfectly all my life. Don't misunderstand me. But I had enough sense to come back to where I knew I should have been. And I want to say this. If you're here tonight and you're not a Christian, please don't leave this place in that condition. Please don't. Come tonight. You don't have to come here. Come to Him. That's right. I'm talking about coming to Him, not yeah. come to me. I can't save you. I couldn't save you in a million years. But if, 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 you, if God can't see the blood of Christ on you, all he sees is your sin. So make sure tonight that you're covered. One application will do.
Our Heavenly Father, we're thankful for this message tonight. I pray where I may have failed to preach it, Lord. I pray that you'd just bridge the gap with the Holy Spirit of God. I pray, God, that you will be done in people's lives here. I don't know the people that hear God, all of them. I know some of them, many of them I do, but Lord, you know everything about us. I just pray, God, tonight that you speak to our hearts. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.